Well, good morning, church family. How are we doing today? Awesome, awesome. Hey, we're so excited to be here with you all today in person. Um, and those of you guys that are joining online, we are continuing the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry series. And I don't know about you guys, but I have really been enjoying this series, but really more importantly, been challenged by this series because I'll tell you what, the Lord is giving us an invitation and a healthy challenge to stop the rush and the hustle and bustle and the hurry and the distractions and all of that to get us really to a place of ultimately true health, both spiritually and emotionally. And if you guys haven't been with us so far this series, we've covered a lot of ground in the first two weeks. And just as a quick catch-up recap for you, just so we're all on the same page today as we enter into the new topic, uh, week one was the way of Jesus. And we, we opened up by looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 23 through 30. It's kind of been our uh, key pillar verse uh, for this series. That's where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. He says, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? And we looked at how Jesus gives all of us this beautiful invitation to rest and have a true rest for our souls, right? And that Jesus has a yoke, and he says his yoke is easy. And we, if you guys remember, the yoke is a way of life. It's a, it's a pacing, right? We looked at and we, we, we came to the conclusion that if we want to experience life like Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, right? And Jesus lived a very unhurried lifestyle and invites all of us to do the same. Last week, Pastor Erica brought an encouraging, awesome word, did she not? It was TikTok middle schooler versus Grandma Polly, all right? So, and we had this contrast of our Devo time with the Lord, right? Uh, she, she also opened up the kind of the pathway that we're on now for the remainder of the series where John Mark Comer, the, the author of the book, right, kind of gives us four ways to unhurry our life. And we looked at the first one last week of silence, and solitude, right? And we looked at how Jesus often got away from the crowds, often got away to a silent and solitary place to be with the Father, and, and how he spent un intimate, unhurried time with him, and how he encourages us and invites us to do the same thing. And, and I, I tell you what, our time with the Lord was kind of put under the microscope in a healthy, challenge way, right? Are we more like that uh, middle schooler who's addicted to TikTok when we're trying to spend time with the Lord, or, or are we more like spending time with Grandma Polly, right? And, and that was just an analogy of she's got all the time in the world. She's just happy to be in your presence and there's no rush, just quality time with her, right? And we pray that you guys were encouraged by that message and encouraged to spend some time with Christ and have loving union with him. But today I am so excited to jump into the next way that we can unhurry our lives. So the first way was silence and solitude. Number two way that we can unhurry our lives is through Sabbath. Somebody say Sabbath in here. Sabbath, all right? Sabbath, I believe, is one of the most underrated, undertaught, underpracticed spiritual disciplines in the body of Christ, all right? There's a lot of misconception and misunderstanding on it, yet I believe it's something that was designed intentionally and set up by God in the beginning to help all of us stay healthy and stay unhurried in our schedule of life. And if you're like most people, you might be asking the question, 
what's the deal with Sabbath? And I'm so glad you are silently asking that question because that is the title of my message today. What's the deal with Sabbath? That will be our focus today as we really dive in together. And here's my heart, that we would discover and unlock the life-giving gift that Sabbath is supposed to be to us as people of God and to have rest and refreshing flood our souls. Amen. And so uh, I'm going to pray just so that our hearts and our minds are open to receive this beautiful gift from the Lord and have the Holy Spirit customize what that might look like for each and every one of us in our daily context. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that as we look to your word, it is spirit and it is life. I thank you that it's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Your word bears fruit today, Father, as we look to you and your word and your principle, Lord. Help us unlock the potential of Sabbath in our life. Show us what it is, why we should do it and practice in our life, and more importantly, how Personally, we can apply this principle to our lives starting this week and receive new rivers and new streams of rest and refreshing spirit, soul, and body. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for all of this in advance. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody greet said. Amen. So I got a lot of ground to cover. I'm going to get my teach on today. Is that okay? We're going to go, all right? We need to do a lot of ground covering on Sabbath. And so the first kind of section, I'm going to do what is Sabbath, why Sabbath, and how Sabbath today, all right? So we're going to start out with what is Sabbath, all right? The term Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it literally means to stop. Somebody say stop. Stop. Stop all work, stop labor. Other places in the Bible, it's also translated as delight. So when we say, hey, what is Sabbath? It means to stop, and it's a good thing. It's delight. And we'll talk about what we delight in when we practice Sabbath. But author Peter Scazzaro, who's the author of the book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, I like how he describes what Sabbath is. He kind of defines it for us in biblical terms. Biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, both paid and unpaid, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. So we kind of get our template here of some things that are okay, that are allowed, and that are life-giving for us. And so Sabbath is a day of no work. Sabbath is a day of rest. Sabbath is a day of fun. And Sabbath, it should be a day of worship to God. Come on, somebody. Doesn't that sound amazing? That's like Christmas Day once a week, every week, without the family drama and the crazy uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is what Sabbath should be and God intends for us to experience. And we find the principle of Sabbath in the Ten Commandments or some of the original ten things that God sets up for good laws and good principles for us to live our lives by. And we see that over in Exodus 20. And so we're going to go there. If you brought your Bibles or you do it on your phone, go over to Exodus chapter 20, but hold there for a second because I think it's important for us to understand the context of what's going on here before we just read what Sabbath is and why it applies to us. So if you're familiar with the story of God's people, the Israelites, they were in bondage in Egypt in slavery for 400 years, 400 years of work, 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 no rest whatsoever. Work, 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 right? 
And, and God obviously sends his leader Moses to them to set them free. And he miraculously walks them through the Red Sea. If you guys remember, they start wandering in the wilderness. And they make their way to Mount Sinai. And there God's saying, hey, I'm going to set up a covenant with my people. And I need my people to be successful. I need my people to thrive. I need my people to be prosperous and blessed and healthy spirit, soul, body. And I need that to happen for Israel and the people of God for 15 more centuries. You know why? Because the Bible, the God through the prophets prophesied that the Savior Jesus, who we just worshiped and celebrated, would come out of this lineage of people. And if these people weren't resting, if these people were dying off early, if these people were not blessed among other nations, Jesus wouldn't actually show up. And our salvation today that we celebrated wouldn't even be a reality in our life. So this was serious business to God to protect this people and also give them some rules and laws for life that is going to be a blessing to them not a burden to them, right? And so many of us are familiar with some of these Ten Commandments, right? You have, you shall have no other gods except the Lord your God. You shall not worship idols, right? You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. And you shall not covet. I got nine. What, which one do you think I forgot? Number four, Sabbath. Number four on the list is Sabbath, right? And I've also heard it deemed the forgotten commandment. We're going to take a look at it here in more depth in Exodus chapter 20. Let's look at verses 8 through 11 just to see where the Sabbath thing pops up and what it means. And so God's speaking to Moses and giving him the law, and he says, Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do uh, no, you shall do any work, neither you or your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. There's a lot here that we can learn just from this principle of Sabbath as it's mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Did you notice the word that God started out the commandment with? He said, remember. Why did God say remember? Because he knows human nature is to forget. Amen? He knows that we will cram as much into our schedule as much, and be as hurry and busy and productive as possible, and we will forget to rest. God rested on the seventh day. He wants his people to have a day of rest every single week, yet we forget, and we get caught up in the flow and the grind and the hustle and bustle of culture, and God said, remember, right? I also find it interesting that Sabbath, out of the Ten Commandments, is the only commandment with explanation after it. All the other ones just said, don't murder. They didn't need to explain what murder was and what that looked like. Like Sabbath, we needed a better understanding. So God actually put in more explanation out of one out of the Ten Commandments. And this one, I like John Mark Comer. If you've been reading the book with us, he makes an interesting observation. He said, if there was a pie chart of all the Ten Commandments, Sabbath would take up 30% of that pie chart out of the ten, the most. There's most time spent on the Sabbath. Why? Because God knew Sabbath was so important to us. Rest and refreshing for our souls on a weekly routine basis is necessary for a healthy life, for a healthy body, for a healthy spiritual connection with God. There are so many benefits as we're going to discover today and God needed to make it clear to his people, this is what Sabbath is and this is important, right? And so I think it's really important for us to realize how much of a big deal this is to our Father God. And so I want to illustrate this. If I can get some crowd participation both here in person and, and online, give me a shout out as well. But can I ask you guys 
just a couple quick questions, and can you promise me one thing? Can you be honest? Okay? And there's no judgment. This is a no judgment zone, all right? So here we go. You guys ready? All right, first question. Are you, commit, are you, are you planning on committing adultery? No. Okay, that was a resounding no, all right? Are you planning on stealing? Are you planning on lying? Are you planning on coveting? Are you planning on murdering somebody this week? Okay, security. All right, that guy in the back. All right. Let me ask you this one. Are you resting one day a week every week? Got a little bit quieter in the room. Some people said yes. Some people said no. Some people are like, I don't know if it's real rest, right? Why is that last question I've asked so important? Because Sabbath is in the same list. It's in the same exact list. Sabbath is in God's top 10 list, right? Honoring the Sabbath is in the same list as not killing people. Hello, right? And, and, And there's no logical or biblical reason to honor one and to disregard the other. Can you guys agree with that, that logic there? Now, some of you might be like, no, 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 pastor, that's OT. You're like, what's OT? That's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. Don't throw that at me. And hear, hear me out. It's important for us to realize and understand that under the New Covenant, the Mosaic laws and principles are not laws to be followed, right? And they have no deal and no outworking in our salvation that's only through faith in Jesus Christ, amen, under the New Covenant. However, we would probably be an heir to claim that those laws and those principles no longer contain wisdom for living well and living a life that still honors and pleases God and helps us stay physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy, right? The old covenant laws, especially the Ten Commandments, I believe they still contain God's heart, God's character, God's nature, God's best for his children in them, right? And, and we know like the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not murder, We know that by doing that wouldn't help us lead a life that we feel good about or that would honor and please God, right? And you could say the same with all the other ones, lying and coveting and stealing and adultery and all that stuff. And here's the deal. God hasn't changed his mind about murder. He hasn't changed his mind about adultery. He hasn't changed his mind about stealing. And so he hasn't changed his mind about Sabbath either. And this one is kind of where it hits me in between the eyes in a good way. It's like, wow, this is just as important as all of those Yet it's one of the most forgotten commandments in the body of Christ. Jesus, remember, came and fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish and get rid of it. He fulfilled it. He became it. And Jesus actually practiced Sabbath in his own life and ministry. And so remember, God said, remember, way back then when he gave the Ten Commandments. But I feel like we cannot miss today. I believe God prophetically and by the Holy Spirit's unction and inspiration today, he's saying to the church today, to us today, remember the Sabbath. Remember that this is a holy set-apart thing. Remember that this is important. Remember that this is good. And this is one of the ways we unhurry and, and get healthy spirit, soul, and body in our lives. And if we're not doing this, we're short-circuiting and missing a major blessing that God has for all of us. And so we get, we get from this scripture that Sabbath is a biblical principle for the people of God to experience rest and refreshing, right? To work for six days, but to rest for one, right? But I think the bigger question we're all asking right now is why? Why Sabbath? Like, sell me on it. Like, if this is such a big deal to God and this should be something that's a part of our lifestyle, why Sabbath, all right? And a couple things here. I'm gonna go through this pretty quick, but number one, God created rest, 
God created rest. We need to remember that. There is a cadence to creation. There is a rhythm and a flow to healthy life that God set up in the very beginning. If we go back to the very book of beginnings, when God was in the creation mode setting everything up for the first time, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, we find rest and we find Sabbath, actually even before the Ten Commandments like we just read. See this, in Genesis 2, 2 through 3, by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he what? Rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Guys, that word holy means set apart. It is the first time in scripture that the word holy is used by the Lord and it's in tangent in connection with rest and with Sabbath. That's a big deal, right? And holy means to be set apart. And and note that this was all before the Mosaic law that we just read in the Ten Commandments. This was even before sin had entered the world in the garden yet and jacked things up. And God is modeling for us. He's setting up a beautiful cadence for life of how we're supposed to function and operate. And he's saying, I rested on the seventh day you should rest too, right? That is my biggest challenge as I go through this topic every time I encounter it. If God rested, then why don't I rest? Why don't we choose to rest? Are we above God? Remember when Satan thought he was above God? What happened? Lucifer in heaven, he got thrown down. Like, it was a bad thing. That's pride. It's spiritual pride to believe that we're above God and we're infinite, yet we're human creations inhabited by God and his spirit, right? And so we need rest too. And so know that from the very beginning of creation, God wanted us to rest. He wanted us to refresh. He blessed the seventh day. He blessed the Sabbath. Again, it's a good thing for you and I in our life. And if he took a rest in the Sabbath, why shouldn't we? The other thing we need to know is Sabbath is a gift. Everybody say gift. Because some people are hearing this, they're like, you're already thinking about what you have to do this week, and you're like, dang it. Why are you talking about Sabbath? Why are you telling me to take a day off? I already got too busy of a schedule. There's no possible way I can begin to Sabbath, right? We have to approach Sabbath with the right perspective. Sabbath rest is a gift from God. And Jesus taught us this in the New Testament in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when he was kind of going at some of the religious leaders, they got all up in a hizzy because on the Sabbath, they were walking through a field and the disciples were picking heads of grain. And then later, right after this encounter, he heals a man with a withered hand on Sabbath. And just side note, uh, it's okay to do good on Sabbath if the need pretend, uh, presents itself, but we shouldn't be working, right? And Jesus was just doing his thing and a guy got healed and they got all bent out of shape about it. And he was like, hey, don't be so legalistic. Don't be so religious. But I love what Jesus says. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, he says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is really important principle to understand. A 24-hour period of rest, Sabbath, was made for us. It was made for you and I. We weren't created by God so that we could obey the Sabbath. No, no, no. That's flipping it the wrong way. God created Sabbath for us, for man, because he knew we needed it, right? Sabbath is a gift from God to us. And here's the deal. If we don't see it as a beautiful gift, if we don't see it as holy and set apart, if we don't see it as a blessing in our life, we will stiff arm it for the rest of our lives. We will fight tooth and nail against the spiritual principle that would refresh and unhurry our lives. And we'll fight it tooth and nail every week because we don't see it as a gift. We see it as a bummer. 
We see it as a burden because now I got to figure out how to get all my work done in one less day and still have family time and do this and do that and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about that in a second, how God supernaturally intervenes when we obey his laws and his commands. But we have to view it in the right perspective if we're ever going to apply it to our life or ever embrace it, right? Sabbath was designed to be a blessing, not a burden. Hello. It is like a one-day vacation every week. Some of you are like, I haven't been on a vacation in so long. Like, you can have one every single week and call it Sabbath and put it in your calendar and fight to protect it and actually have it be restful when you learn how to do it in God's rhythm and God's way. But so many people in the body of Christ, we, we're just like the world. We just do, 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 go, 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 achieve, do, achieve, make that sale, make that business, boom, 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 do all this, fill our schedule with everything, and we don't slow down, we don't unhurry, and we don't give Sabbath even an hour of our week. And we expect to go on and run the marathon of life and be healthy in our body, healthy mentally, and healthy spiritually, and we're kidding ourselves. We will burn out, we will fizzle out, we will die out, we will have serious consequences if we do not slow down and Sabbath, right? I love Pastor Robert Morris. He's a pastor of Gateway Church down in Texas, and I just recently got done, as I was studying for this topic, uh, reading one of his newer books, Take the Day Off. And if, if you're a fan of Sabbath and you want some really good, sound, biblical teaching on a lot of this and going further in depth, Robert Morris, Take the Day Off, amazing book. The cover has like a beach and a hammock on it, so I, I always judge a book by its cover. I know you're not supposed to. And I was like, that sounds good. I like that. I, that looks good. And I read it, and it was, it was awesome. But he mentions three reasons to rest, biblically, biblically to rest, and take Sabbath, and I thought they were just too good to pass over real quick in this section of why. And so real quickly, I want to go through these and give these to you. Number one, he says, Sabbath gives God the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally. Sabbath gives God the opportunity for him to provide supernaturally for us. Get this, God wants us to trust him. God wants us to put our faith and confidence in him, not our own abilities. And we see a really cool example of this in Exodus chapter 16. Some of you guys are familiar with this, but once they started going, the people of God got out of Egypt, got the Ten Commandments, and they started walking through the wilderness, they needed food. And God provided manna from heaven every morning when the dew would settle, they would have food. And they were instructed only to go out and take enough just for that day. They got greedy or prideful and tried to take up a week's worth. Their extra would get worms and maggots and it would it'd spoil. So they had to literally trust God every single day to supernaturally provide for them. If they got greedy, it wouldn't work. And if they didn't trust God, he might not provide and they could die, right? So they literally had ultimate dependence and faith on their heavenly father to provide for them every single day. But then that presented a problem because they were also people of God who wanted to follow the 10 commandments. And the Jewish culture and the Israelite culture, Sabbath was sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. So Saturday was their Sabbath day back then. And if they're not allowed to work on the Sabbath, gather manna on the seventh, how are they going to eat on the Sabbath? This presents a problem, right? And we, God gives us the answer in a really cool analogy and, and illustration of supernatural provision in Exodus chapter 16, verses 23 through 26. It says, and he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Moses is speaking. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you'll bake today, boil what you'll boil, lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept till the morning. So they laid it up till the morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. 
Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. This is super powerful. What is God saying to you and I through this example? He's saying, don't work, don't strive, don't gather, don't hustle on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. Trust the Lord to provide for you by adhering to what God wants you to do, right? He says, hey, I will provide for you. God's saying to some of you today, just trust me and I will supernaturally provide for you. Is it scary? Yes. Is it unpredictable? Yes. But is God always faithful when we line up to his word? A hundred percent, absolutely take it to the bank. Yes and amen. He's the same God yesterday, today, forever. If he did it for the people of Israel in the wilderness, he will do it for you and I today. But we must trust him. The flip side of that is we, you and I shouldn't expect any supernatural provision from the Lord if we work all seven days. That's a sobering thought. Well, it looks like you got it covered. It looks like you got to work all seven. You can't trust me and rest. Then that's fine. Hopefully your business does well. Hopefully your marriage does well. Hopefully it does it. But there's no supernatural provision in not doing what God wants us to do, right? Here's what I've always learned, and here's what I'm still learning to this day, because this is a fairly new topic for Eric and I. We, we weren't the best at Sabbath in our old ministry positions and different things, but now since we set up our, the Lord let us launch alive and set up our own culture and staff, the Lord really got on us right away. Hey, Sabbath, Sabbath, you need to start making this a priority in your life. But here's the deal. God can do more in six days than you and I can do in seven without him. It's the same thing like tithing. Money and, 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 and Sabbath are like the two like people stiff arm in the body of Christ. Don't talk about it. Don't do a series on it. We don't want to hear about it. It's better to have 90% of my income blessed by God than 100% of my income not blessed by God. It's the same thing like with Sabbath. It's just a Sabbath of our time. It's a, it's a tithe of our time. It's, a, it's, a, it's God, I'm going to trust you even when the world says, that's crazy. You could be making a thousand more dollars that day, four more bids that day, more sales calls that day, more emails cleared out so you're not so stressed on Monday that day. Why would you do that? The things of the kingdom are sometimes hard to understand with our natural cultural minds, but they're God principles and they're in motion, amen? And we see this in the natural world. Have you ever heard of a little place called Chick-fil-A? You have? Oh, Chick-fil-A, closed on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A right? Thank you, Kanye, right? They are closed on Sundays. And if you ever traveled in an airport or whatever on Sunday, you're like, they have a Chick-fil-A here. Dang it. Like, what is wrong with these people? Sunday's a great day for eating out. It's one of the most popular days in America where people go spend lots of money on food they don't cook themselves. Yet Chick-fil-A says, we are honoring God's day. We are honoring the Sabbath and we are closed. Sorry, no amazing chicken for you today. I don't know about you guys, every time I'm hungry and I want Chick-fil-A and I go there, there is a line, double line around the stinking store. And somehow they get through that quicker than a McDonald's line with one person, right? My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Like they're, they're hustling you out to the road with iPads. And there's like, they're like slaughtering chickens in the bag and just throwing them in your car. And you're like, that was amazing. Like, and I'm obviously exaggerating, going crazy here, but they have so many less stores and franchises than McDonald's, Burger King, Taco, all their competitors, yet they outproduce in revenue every single year, all of their competitors that are open 24-7. The only way I can logically explain that is the supernatural provision of God, the supernatural anointing and blessing of God for simply being obedient to take one day off, to work hard for six and take one day literally off. We are closed for business. 
And I don't know if that, that analogy helps you out a little bit, but it really helps me. It's like, man, I can't be above this, this thing. And I have to understand, Lord, this is for my blessing. You want to take care of my needs and you want to prosper me. And this is one of the ways you did it for your people back then. Guess what? He's the same. It's how he wants to do it today. Amen. So that's number one. Number two, reason why Sabbath is important. Why to rest? Sabbath gives us an opportunity to rest. Hello. Anybody need some rest? I could use some rest. Amen. Exodus 31, 16 through 17 says this. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. That means there's no expiration date on it. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. So I love the Sabbath. Is, there's so many reasons why. It's a sign to unbelievers. It was a sign to nations back in the biblical times that, hey, these people don't work one day a week. We're working all crazy, but God seems to bless them. Like what the, It got people's attention and opened up to the real Lord, the God, right? But outside of that, it said God rested. He wasn't tired. He rested because he simply ceased from his creation activity. Right? He finished the work. But I love the word refreshed. If you do a deeper study and deeper dive on this, that word refreshed, when God got refreshed, it means to breathe or to take a breath. Have you ever been running so hard in life where you literally sit down and you've said this out of your mouth, I just need to catch my breath? I've been there before. I just, I just man, I have been going, going, going. We just need to catch our breath. We've said that. I've said that. What was God doing for six days? He was creating. He was speaking the word of God and creating things, right? He was breathing out. He was exhaling. Boom, boom, boom. Land, water, sky, stars. Boom, 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 boom. On the seventh day, he went, he inhaled and he refreshed himself. He stopped and he ceased from all work and was refreshed. And God invites you and I to breathe, to refresh on the Sabbath. And if God refreshed himself, again, back to that same question, why don't we? Why don't we make this a priority in our life? The third thing is, obviously, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, there are consequences when we don't rest. There are consequences when we don't Sabbath, and some of these aren't great. And back in the Old Testament, God, again, remember, he had to make it a big deal. We have to have his perspective. It was the death penalty for not Sabbathing. There was a dude, there's a story in Numbers where a dude was gathering sticks on the Sabbath. They threw him in jail because, you know, a guy who gathers sticks, he's dangerous, no. And then they said, Moses, what should we do? God, what should we do? He said, stone him. And they took him outside. And they, why? That's horrible. Why could a loving God do that? Because you have to have his context of the story of humanity that he came to save. He needed to make it very clear that Sabbath was a big deal. It was a big issue to God because, again, the lineage, the Savior of Jesus, the, the, the one that set us free has to come, and this people group has to be blessed and actually physically be here 15 centuries from this point right now if, if salvation is going to come to all humanity. Because if it isn't, then we're all in a really bad spot. And so you can see the love of Christ even through that crazy law, right? Now, praise God, you don't get smited or struck down if you don't Sabbath. Amen? Everybody take a deep breath. You're like, that, that's Old Testament, right? But God knew we weren't built to run seven days a week every week. He just knew it. He's the one that created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows how we work and function better than we do ourselves. Amen? Right? And in a sense, unfortunately, ignoring and having a lifestyle that ignores the Sabbath is like a death penalty in itself. It's like a slow suicide. It really is. 
being constantly hurried, constantly on the go, constantly burdened is not how God designed us to live. Our human bodies were not able, they're not built to carry the stress that a lot of our workplaces have on us if we don't stop and pause and Sabbath. The, our, our physical, our spiritual, our mental, we look at the mental health crisis that we're dealing with in, in our world right now, and you should just point to all signs that we're going too fast, we're going too hard, life is too burdened, and we're not resting how God wants us to rest. And literally, we, we shorten our life expectancy when we don't rest, when we don't get a good night's sleep, when we don't eat right, when we don't take care of ourselves and rest. And so God is wanting to get this to us. And so for the remainder of our time here in the last few minutes, I think more importantly, some of you guys may have seen through the word and through the teaching today, hey, that Sabbath is a real thing. It's in the Bible. And God hasn't changed his mind on it. And, and there's a lot of great benefits to observing the Sabbath. But number three, the harder question that we could have a whole nother week on is how? Anybody else asking, how do I Sabbath, Pastor? You don't know my schedule. You don't know what I got on my calendar this week. How? How do I do this? And I just want the Holy Spirit to maybe customize this for some of you guys. And, and at first, I just want to make this disclaimer. Sabbath is not easy. God didn't say it would be easy. It would say, he said it would rest and refresh you. But it, it, it takes hard work to prepare for the Sabbath to rest easy. Like, like it's kind of counterculture. Like, like you're going to get really good rest on the Sabbath, but you're, you're going you're gonna to be disciplined in your other six days. And if you've never done this before, if you've never made Sabbath a really like a pillar in your lifestyle, it will take some time, some intentionality, some grinding up that hard ground to get the momentum of Sabbath working. So don't feel like you need to feel like amazing bucks and you float in here next Sunday because you took a Sabbath this week. It may not be like that. It may be like a living hell for you because you're like, I am so used to always doing something that this is really difficult for me. We've been on a, like a three and a half year journey of really trying to honor Sabbath every single week, and it's still not easy for us. And we see it in the word. And so just want to encourage you and not set you up for failure. Like, it's not like I do it once and I got it. It's, there's always stuff fighting for your time and your schedule, and you're going to have to guard that. The other thing is, like I said, it's important to remember the two things that the body of Christ, I think, struggle with the most is tithing, our money, and, and Sabbath, our time, what to do with our money and our time. People get hung up on that. People get offended. People leave churches over that. People, people get all out of back about, don't attack my time, and don't you dare talk about my money. It's not even your money. It's God's money, right? And, and, and so I'm excited because also it's interesting the timing of this. We didn't plan it this way. The Lord's just leading us. In a few weeks, uh, we're going to start a new series titled Healthy Money. We're going to talk about biblical stewardship. And both of these things, Sabbath, rest, and money, both of these things that God has instituted and his principles were to bless us, not to hurt us or harm us, to, to provide for us, to make sure we're healthy. And the word health was the word that God dropped in both Eric and I's spirit when we were on the 21 days of prayer and fasting this past January. Kind of gives us themes and words each year, health, health. And I also believe it's a word for a live family church too. And I believe what God is doing is he doesn't want us to make, he's not trying to grow a big church, he's trying to grow a healthy church. A, a church that knows God's word, applies it to their lives in every area that's healthy, spirit, soul, and body. Not in this rat race or not in this competition thing, but literally we are healthy believers. We follow the Lord and our lives are balanced and they have a cadence to creation and we're not going to burn out. We're going to outlive everybody else and we're going to be a light, bright and shining light to our generation that desperately needs Jesus and we're going to be in pace with him. Amen? God's getting us healthy in every area of our life. But let's get back to it. How do we, how do we Sabbath? couple things real quick, just for time's sake. Number one, schedule it. Hello. Is this super basic? 
Schedule it. How many of you guys know if it doesn't hit our calendar, it doesn't exist? It's not just going to magically fall out of the sky and happen in our life. I love what uh, business leader Stephen Covey says. He says, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule. It's to schedule your priorities. You guys have seen that. We did this once at church. The big uh, glass bowl, put the big rocks in first, then the smaller rocks, then the sand, then the water. If you try to do it out of order, you can't fit all that in the bucket. But if you do the big things first and do your priorities first, then you can get the smaller things in and the sand and the water. And somehow supernaturally, you get it all done in a week, but still be at rest. When we schedule it, get it on your calendar. Seriously. Put Sabbath or day of rest, block it out, mark it as busy in your calendar. And when people say, what are you doing here? I love this. I heard a story in this book that I just read. He said, I asked the pastor, what are you doing on Thursday? Can, can I get lunch with you? And he said, oh, let me check my schedule. And it said, it says nothing. And he says, awesome, cool. Can we go to this? He goes, no, you, don't, you didn't hear me right. I'm doing nothing on Thursday. It's in my schedule. It says nothing. I'm Sabbathing. Woof. The guy didn't even understand. He's like, I don't, I don't get you. He's like, you'll understand someday. I'm doing nothing, and it's the best thing that I could be doing that day. Amen? For Eric and I, it, it's, it, it, it fluctuates a little bit. We try to keep it consistent. Here's the deal with scheduling it. Find a day that works for you. I want this to set you free. This is not law. It's life. Find a day that works for you. You know your schedule. Some of you guys work a consistent schedule every week, and you can know exactly what that day is. For others of you, you don't know your schedule until you call in in like a day, and it changes every week. And so you've got to be more proactive on a weekly basis. Sit down. Here's my week. When's my Sabbath? I'm guarding it with everything I've got, right? And so Eric and I, we've been doing... uh, Dinner on Friday night to dinner on Saturday, kind of Saturday Sabbath type deal where we just pause from working, we stop checking email, we unplug from social media, we, we enjoy, we contemplate God, we spend time with our families, we get outside, we're active, we, we do things that refresh us, amen? And so you got to find out what works for best for a lot of people that work like Monday through Friday, a Saturday or a a lot of times people Sabbath on Sunday, right? God's day, Lord's day, part of Sabbathing is worshiping God and contemplating the word of God. And so church is a great way to do that. It kind of springboard off onto your day, but you got to find a day that works for you. It's 24 hour period and it doesn't have to be daylight to daylight. Notice how the Jewish culture did it. They did sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Over half of your Sabbath is sleeping. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? A good Sabbath started with a good meal. Who loves food? Jewish know how to throw down on Sabbath. The Shabbat meal is like, hello, right? So a big meal, a full night's sleep sleeping in, and then a little bit of fun stuff before you're done and you can go do some more work. Like it, it goes super fast and it's actually really, really enjoyable and restful when you do it right. God isn't legalistic about it. He's not getting up in a hizzy. He's not holding, you got to do it this day or that day. There's other denominations. we got neighbors over here to this side that would fight me tooth and nail on that of when the Sabbath is and when you have to adhere to that. And we don't believe that we see that in God's word that that's still a priority for us today. He just wants us to rest for 24 hours. Amen? Number two, you got to prepare for it. Somebody say prepare. i got to prepare. The trap most of us fall into is this. This is consumer Western culture America. I work Monday through Friday for five days. Pastor, I have two days off. What are you talking about one day? I have two days off, yet you do work either around the house or your job on both Saturday and Sunday, just a little bit. So you, you actually work seven days a week, and there are no days of rest. That's where we're getting tricked in this. A day off doesn't necessarily equivalate a Sabbath. Does that make sense? Because our days off are full of groceries, lawn mowing, going to kids' basketball games, do all this, and it's not restful. 
We are not rejuvenated from that. But that's been the culture and the grind. God's not saying take a day off per se. He's saying Sabbath for 24 hours, unplug, right? And so the hard thing to hear today is laundry's work, yard work's work, doing the bills and finances is work, grocery shopping is work, right? Cleaning the house is work. So when do those, those things get, happen? Pastor, you don't understand my job. I grind all day, every day, Monday through Friday, and Saturday and Sunday sometimes. That's all work, and that's stuff that we should not be doing on Sabbath. So we have to prepare for Sabbath, right? And I love Walter Brudeming. He wrote a great book on Sabbath. He said this, people who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. And that has been the truth, has it not? We used to go grocery shopping and mow the grass on either Saturday or Sunday. Now that we're Sabbathing, I mow the lawn every Thursday night. I have to do it midweek after a long, busy work day. Erica goes grocery shopping midweek now instead of Saturday mornings like we used to. It's a little bit of an inconvenience, and we like the flow of the weekend better, but we're trying to adhere and do it God's way, and we're seeing God's blessing in the midst of it, right? Um, we don't do housework on the Sabbath. Now, we have a weekend. Like, there is, like, from last night, we, we Sabbath, and then at 5 o'clock after dinner, we hustled on some landscaping, and there was nothing wrong with that because Sabbath was over. <laughs> so we got some work done on Saturday night. After church on Sunday, we can do it. We, we got a lot of time on the weekends, but we also hustle on the weeknights, Again, don't make this a legalistic thing. Just figure out what do you need in your life to get done and where can it fit where you can honor this, right? And, and side note, Erica's gonna talk about this next week. Another way to rest and unplug and unhurry is to simplify. So how do you guys know? Some of us just have way too much stuff to organize and way too many commitments that we've said yes to. We need to simplify and minimize our life a little bit and it'll be easier to adhere to God's principle and Sabbath when we don't have a million and one things going on. We have the most important things going on in our life, amen? And so there's that. And then what do you do? What do I do on my Sabbath? I prepare for, do you stare at the wall? Do you hibernate in a cave for 24 hours? Do you stay in your sweatpants all day? I mean, do what refreshes you. Amen? You know you. You know what's life-giving and you know what's draining. If you're an introvert hanging out with a lot of people on Sabbath, stinks for you. If you're an extrovert, you got to be around family, friends, or hang out with people. That, that, that brings life to you, right? For some of you, you work at a desk in a cubicle all week. You need to get outside and work with your hands and go for a walk and get in nature. you got to do some stuff, right? And, and everybody's different. If you, if you labor a lot, you might need to just straight up go to the couch or a hammock and take a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to bed, Literally. You're burnt out, you're stressed out, you're not gonna make any good decisions beyond that point unless you rest your physical body. And I've always been taught this, we have three gauges, right? We talk about in Thessalonians 5.23, uh, 1 Thessalonians, I'm a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. So we have a spirit gauge or tank, we have a soul tank, and we have a body tank or a physical tank. Sabbath, God wants to refill to the overflow all three of those gauges, so find something to do in each of those categories in your 24-hour period, and you will start feeling a lot better and more rested and refreshed. So for your spiritual tank, spiritual things that help you, a Bible reading plan, uh, a scripture, worship music's big on Sabbath. Even if I'm just lounging around the house, just playing music and, and, and letting God's word and his, his spirit get all over me, that's super good. I like to journal a lot. Some, for some of you, it's like Sabbath is your Sunday, so one of your spiritual disciplines is I go to church, right? Now, you got to be careful. If you're a high-level volunteer and leader, and you're at church for eight hours, and that's work to you, then maybe Sunday isn't your Sabbath day, 
Because you, you view that as I'm also hustling and grinding, so you need to fi- find another 24-hour period to really get refreshed. Everybody's different there. But if you're just attending, I think it should be life-giving. We get to worship God. Amen? We get to get spiritually refreshed. Our soul tank. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. For some of us, it's a good book. A book or a periodical or a magazine or article that's not related to our job. Hello. We don't want to be working when we're reading. We want to just be refreshing, right? For some of us, it's spending quality time with family and friends, hanging out with the kids or the grandkids or whatever, and, and just refreshing. For some of us, it's just going for a walk. And like I said, for some of us, it's a nap on the couch, your favorite chair, or that hammock, and just taking a rest. And, and your body, your body tank. We love Sabbath. Lately, we've slept in like a lot of our Saturday mornings since we've applied this, and it's been beautiful. Now, sleeping in with young kids is like 8 o'clock, all right? So, like, don't get me wrong. You know, instead of 6 or 5, it's like 8, you know? It's not like noon when you're in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, but it feels good. You know, it's 8, 9 hours of sleep when we're used to 6, 7, 8. Like, it feels good. Just getting that extra hour or two feels amazing. It's, if we don't get that sleep in time, it's that Sabbath nap. You know what I'm saying? That Sabbath nap, just some of you guys, you can't even, can't even wait for your Sunday afternoon nap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just getting ready mentally. You're preparing for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you cannot wait. And then uh, for some of you guys, like for, for us personally, we, we like to eat. Sabbath presents good food opportunities too. A lot of you guys know uh, Friday nights are Pizza Fridays for the Giso. So traditionally, it's a Gus's pizza salad breadstick combo. You know what I'm saying? And that's a good way to start off Sabbath for us. Amen. We didn't cook it. We don't have to clean it. We can use paper plates. We ain't working. We are just eating and enjoying each other's company. Amen? So again, customize it. So, so what do you do on Sabbath? What refreshes you? Peter Scazzaro said in Emotionally Healthy Leader, make a container for your Sabbath. What does that mean? Give yourself some rules or boundaries, not legalistic, but a container that you could help adhere to Sabbath better. So what do you do? You also have to think about what you will not do, what you cannot do on Sabbath. What will get you in that work frame? What will stress you out? What will burden you? And so what do you not do? The basic, simplest answer is work. Do not work on Sabbath. What does that look like to you? Don't check the work email. Don't respond to that work text. Don't try to take make the one extra sales call or one extra sales pitch or bid. Rest. Trust the Lord to provide for you, right? And you may need to communicate some boundaries with your employer or employees about do's and don'ts, and this is the kind of period it'll be hard to reach me on this, but as soon as at this time, I can check in and I can go. Just adhere to that, make a boundary, right? Another huge thing, this, our phones. Put it away. Uh, John Mark Homer turns his off for 24 hours. <gasps> what if there's an emergency? What, how did they do it back then when we didn't have cell phones? Everybody survived. People can find you. Like, if it's really urgent, you'll, you'll figure out. Someone will call you. Someone will knock on your door. Someone will get a hold of you. Another person or a family member that knows where you're at. Just unplug. That's been a hard one for us. Haven't got to turning it fully off yet, but definitely are leaving it upstairs on the charger and just going on with life for 24 hours. And that's been one of the most life-giving things. The other thing is social media. We don't need to know what everybody else is going on and doing on their weekends and all that stuff. That just, that gets us all in a funky mood unplugging from that, deleting those apps or having the time limits shut off where you can't get to it. 24 hours of Sabbath. That's been one of the most life-giving things since we've started Sabbathing is for 24 hours every week, I am not checking Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, any of that. And I'm not responding to any emails. That has been the most life-giving. That just in itself, even if I'm working or doing anything else, I'm super refreshed. But I'm trying to adhere to it completely. 
But that alone, I dare, I dare you to start challenging that as we go into our 21 days of prayer here in August, as Erica will mention, with a, with a focus of unhurrying. Maybe it's a social media fast. Maybe it's a, getting some more boundaries on that. Just get your soul back. Get your attention back. Remember, God never intended Sabbath to become a rigid and legalistic thing, legalistic thing for us. He, he wants it to be a blessing. He wants it to be life-giving, right? And when we embrace it from the heart, it's not law, it's life, amen? And I am going over. And so here's, here's what I'm ending on. It takes faith to, to adhere to the Sabbath. Homework assignment, check out Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. It talks about this rest that God has for the people of God. And the only way we enter into that rest is through faith. It takes faith to trust God to provide when you're not sure what's going to happen on day seven and you need the income. It takes, it takes faith to relax. Well, I do this every Saturday. I, I have a little twinge in my body. I hear all the lawnmowers going, all my, all my neighbor dudes, like everybody's hustling around in our neighborhood right now. They're weed whacking, they're paving driveways. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit in the hammock good citizen. You know what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Sabbath. And everyone's, oh yeah. It's like, just relax. Turn the phone off. Take a nap when you, even when you feel like you should be doing something. And don't apologize for it because God wants it for you. But you can't be lazy the other six days. Sabbath assumes six days of work. Usually that means five days at your job and vocation, one day around the house, and one day, totally unplugging. We got to redefine what weekends, working for the weekend looks like and, and fitting all that stuff in and, and just reschedule that and see how God can really bless you. Let me pray for us as the Holy Spirit works on us, our hearts this week to really apply this. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for teaching us and showing us through your word that you want us to be at rest and you want to refresh us. You want to slow us down. You want to top off our gauges, spirit, soul, and body every week not waiting for that one conference or that one retreat or a week-long vacation. It's not a vacation he's after. He's after Sabbath. He's after rest. He's after faith and trust. Father, we want to be obedient to that. Help us, Holy Spirit, make this a priority or reprioritize this 24-hour period. Help us get in with you even today and say, ask the hard question, when is my Sabbath? What am I going to do and what am I not going to do? Make a list. What refreshes me and what doesn't refresh me? And just start trying it out and applying it. Even if you can't do a full 24 hours, do 10, do 12. Try it out and build towards it and see what God can do when we trust him and we're obedient to his word. Lord, I thank you for blessing. I thank you for life. I thank you for new rivers of rest and refreshing for all of us as we simple, simply Sabbath and receive the awesome gift that you intended for us to receive every single week. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody greets him. Amen. Amen. Did anybody learn anything today? Anything? Get, get out of this. Get anything out of this today. Praise God. Again, there's so much more we could talk about for time's sake. I got I to gotta close this down. But I, I like to always end with one invitation. It's this. If you're here, both in person or online, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, man, I encourage you, get that right today. There's no true rest until we have the one that created rest living on the inside of us our souls and our spirits will be at weariness our whole life if we go through trying to figure these things out. God wants to be a part of your life. He's got a good plan for your life. He sent us on Jesus to die for you. We receive him by faith. If everybody could bow your heads and close your eyes just at a moment of reverence here. If you're here or tuning online 
and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you did that a long time ago, but you've walked away from God, you haven't been living right for God, and you want to recommit your life to Jesus today, would you just slip up your hand real quick so I know who I'm talking to, who I'm praying with, both online and in person, and would you guys just repeat this, church family, prayer after me from your heart to know that some people might be praying this for the very first time, and Jesus is coming into their life. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.